The Money Podcast with your hosts, Justin Harrison and David Bester. Money, 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 money. Let's talk about money. Let's face it, insurance is a grudge purchase. You're paying for something that you might actually just never need. So in this episode of the Money Podcast, we will be discussing the importance of having insurance to protect yourself from financial ruin. So Justin, let's talk about the importance of actually having insurance because a lot of people don't really want to pay for this, but some of them we just absolutely cannot go without, right? So what is the importance of having it? Well, I'm probably the worst person to ask because I hate insurance i hate (laughs) insurance no there's two things i really hate in this world one is tax and the other is insurance it's like the bane of my life i knew it was going to be taxes number one but okay let's move on to i actually don't mind paying tax as long as it's not based on taxing your income a consumption tax by the way south african government if you charge consumption taxes i don't have a problem with that i have a problem with taxing people for earning money now let's talk about insurance insurance okay it's one of those things we definitely i don't think there's anybody who likes insurance it is a grudge payment it is however a necessary pain in the backside and uh, you know the difference between having insurance and not having insurance can be the difference between financial ruin and being financially okay it can be the difference between living and dying literally so there are a lot of different insurances that we have to you know whether we like it or not if we can afford it we have to take it on in some instances for example if you're buying a really expensive car it goes without saying you're going to have really expensive insurance if you don't want really expensive no, insurance course. don't buy a really expensive car however there are other aspects where i don't think we have that many choices so for example medical insurance unless you really you know want to go to the uh, standard south african government hospitals and walk in and have uh, request your toenails being clipped and leave without your testicles. That's what's going to happen when you go to a government <laughs> hospital. So, you know, that's very descriptive. <laughs> well, this is the reality. We live in a country that has a broken system, so we have to have certain private insurances to make sure that you know we get the procedures that are going to save our lives and keep us healthy. So this is just a reality. I don't even think medical and hospital cover in this country is is a luxury. I think it is an essential. And anybody that doesn't have it really needs to start figuring out how they can have it. So there are grudge payments here, but ultimately it comes down to logic. And I think the way I've been able to get over this whole grudge payment thing is to understand that not having that insurance comes at a cost. And the cost of not having it is often far greater than the actual cost that you think about you that you're incurring every single month. So I think that's the way you need to spin your head around it. Yes, and to give you a story on that, so when my first child was born, so I obviously have medical insurance, my medical insurance had to pay 350k for that because my son was taken to the ICU and for a person who doesn't have medical aid, well, they will just not be able to afford that and most probably they will not have the luxury of getting their child taken to an ICU. So that is something to keep in mind as well. That can lead to complete financial ruin to a person who doesn't have that kind of money. Because all of a sudden, now you are getting slapped with a massive medical bill. Davi, years ago, my family was in a very tight financial spot. Uh, We were literally on the bones of our backsides and we had to attend a government hospital for a very big procedure for my dad. And there was only one hospital in the entire country, government hospital, that could actually do the procedure right and we spent six or seven days in that hospital i personally had to change the catheter for my family member i personally had to go and 
change out the bedpans because the system is so broken and so dysfunctional. And it was at that moment that I decided for the rest of my life, I will pay insurances. I will make sure that I have a private hospital plan in place, a private medical aid in place, no matter what the cost. If that means that I have to eat rice and beans every single month to be able to afford it, because that experience taught me something. The thing that, you, that you're most concerned about is the monthly cost. That is nothing compared to the reality that you have to face when you have to deal with the fact of not having those insurances. Yes, you know, when I had my nose operation and my nose was broken because of, well, first rugby and then the second one was you hitting me with a surfboard in Sri Lanka and then the third one was me boxing. So my nose was just completely stuffed up, right? So I went to this doctor and was an ear, nose and um, throat doctor and he told me, he's actually a specialist, not a doctor, but he told me, you know what, I've spent about a million bucks on medical aid and I've never used it. But I still cannot go without it because I know the dangers of not having it. It could cost me actually a lot more than a million that I've spent on it. So for that reason, I just need to have it. But I hate paying it. And he actually told me that. Look, I'll tell you what, if I was a salesperson for one of the medical aid companies, all I would do is walk people into a government hospital at five o'clock in the morning or at five o'clock in the afternoon. And I guarantee you would sell policies like you've never seen in your life before. Because here's the reality. <laughs> when you realize that not having that insurance, that's the alternative, then you'll very soon figure out how to pay for those insurances. I think it bites us all in the backside, but there are certain insurances you just absolutely cannot do without. I think there are certain insurances that probably are overstated by the insurance companies, and uh, there's not always a lot of merit for having them. So, you know, we can certainly discuss that, but I think there are some very necessary insurances that every single person has to consider having. Okay, so I think it suffice to say that the first one obviously is medical, which we have discussed now in detail. So let's discuss number two. I think car insurance as well, you just absolutely cannot go without car insurance. Now, unless you've got a car that is only worth about 11K or whatever, then it probably makes sense not having it, right, for some people. But if your car is worth three, four hundred thousand, then, well, you can absolutely just not go without it. I mean, you could be driving, someone else can hit you with the car, and then all of a sudden you might stand the risk of losing the car altogether, you know? I think it's a very simple calculation. If you take the total value of the vehicle, and if you had to set aside the insurance premiums for two years, could you pay off that equivalent capital cost? And if the answer is no, you need insurance. That's the bottom line. So if you're purchasing a vehicle that's 500,000, and your insurance premium is 1,000 a month, which is probably about the going rate, that means you're gonna come out about 12,000 a year, plus escalations every year, you're probably gonna be talking about after tiers, maybe you've paid in the region of 30,000 in insurance premiums. That is nowhere near the cost of losing the asset of 500,000. It's not even a discussion, it's pure math, it's logical. If you're driving a vehicle that's half a million rand and you haven't got insurance, something wrong with you. If you're driving a vehicle that's 200,000 and you're driving without insurance, there's something wrong with you. Because at the end of the day, you're putting so much capital at risk. And then of course, the other argument is, well, what if it's financed and I haven't taken that money out of my pocket? Well, then the, the finance houses require you to have that insurance in place. And you will be surprised how many people when they arrive in times of financial difficulty, the first thing they cancel is their 
vehicle insurance. And consequently, what happens is not only are they in breach of contract with the finance house, which could be a whole nother can of worms that you don't want to open. The fact is, you're going to be liable for whatever outstanding amount is there if that vehicle gets written off or stolen. And so, you know, I had, a, I had an experience recently where my vehicle was stolen. I've never ever claimed on any vehicle that I've owned to date. I had a vehicle stolen, very expensive, and I got paid out in full. And uh, certainly the insurance premiums I've paid over the years are very justified in this instance. I don't think I've ever paid in total the same amount that I got paid back on this one single claim. So I think it's a no-brainer, it's a non-discussion. If you're going to own a car, you need to have car insurance. I couldn't agree more. So the next one is household insurance. Now, obviously, crime and burglaries are definitely a big issue in South Africa. You know, it happens on a daily basis, and I've been a victim of it as well. And I've saved myself so much money by just having household insurance, which it isn't expensive at all. It's a lot cheaper than car insurance. But just not having that could cost you a small fortune. Well, I think people get household insurance wrong. First of all, most people are probably overinsured. If you add up all the replaceable items in your home, most people are insured probably one and a half times more than they need to be. So first thing with household insurance, make sure you're not over-insuring. Secondly, I think there's less risk for the items in your home, especially if you lived in a gated community or an estate. So there's that to consider, as well as the fact that actually the items that are most at risk are your all-risk items, the items you actually take out of the home. So I think your all-risk items is something you really need to focus on because there's far greater degree of risk attached there. But for me personally, I have a very small home and buildings insurance, you know, for things like geezers going and that sort of thing. But in terms of insuring television sets and furniture, I'm, I'm actually very conservative on it because there is a minimal risk there at the end of the day. You know, unless you're walking around outside with your television under your arm, the chances of, especially if you're in a gated community, the chances of some theft or, or something occurring is a lot less. So all I'm saying is definitely household insurance, I think is necessary. But I think people need to be very conservative with it. I think there's a lot of money wasted and the insurance companies make an excessive amount of margin on household insurance because there are not that many claims. No, of course. I mean, you don't want to be over-insuring. So fun fact, my storage room was broken into and that was within a gated community. And that was obviously an inside job, right? I mean, they knew exactly where to go. They passed the security and everything. And they stole a lot of valuable things in there. And I got paid out in full, even though I didn't even specify the storage unit. But I was lucky there. So I, I was very lucky for my insurance paying it out because technically they didn't actually have to. But that probably comes down to having a good broker to justify that. Yeah, note to South Cape Town obviously isn't that safe. <laughs> no, definitely not always. So Justin, what other insurance do you think is just absolutely necessary? So we've covered these three. We've covered medical, we've covered car, we've covered household. What else is there that you feel should be on this list or do you think the other ones are just nice luxuries to have? I think a lot of the other insurances are very uh, situational dependent. So for example, the big one is life insurance. You know, I see people paying excessive amounts of life insurance in cases where it makes no sense. So first of all, if you don't have any debt and you are able to build up savings and you have some kind of capital nest egg, often you're better off taking a life insurance premium and building it into an investment. If you do have finance like car finance uh, home loans and you've got a family you know then certainly it makes sense to have life insurance by the way yeah i mean if, you don't want to you don't you don't want to leave your family with a burden you know you don't want to encumber your family with debt once you're gone so that for me really makes sense i see 
young working professionals who have no family that they're responsible for paying life insurance. It doesn't make sense. It's a waste of money. Rather take that premium and put it into an investment every month. It'll be worth far more over the long term. And also remember something. Life insurance, you never actually get the benefit from it. You're leaving that benefit for somebody else. So ultimately, even if you invest a much smaller portion in the long run into money you're gonna get for yourself, it's a far better investment. So certainly in terms of debt, in terms of family, life insurance does make sense. But if you're not in that position, if you don't have family, if you don't have dependents, and you're not indebted, and even in certain cases where you are indebted, where you're not required to have life insurance, unless you've got family, that life insurance policy is gonna be a waste of time. So I think that's one of the insurances. The other one that I think is often overrated is income protection. We've seen the advent of income protection policies being a big thing coming into the marketplace over the last couple of years. It's a little bit of a controversial insurance and it's being challenged a lot by you know, the financial services board and, and, and the powers that be, because there has been some dodgy stuff going on around it. But ultimately, I think income protection is also one of those insurances. Unless you're a really high income earner, once again, if you're the primary breadwinner, there's a lot of factors you need to take into consideration when it comes to that. However, something like disability insurance, by the way, I think is really essential. I think disability insurance is something, if you are the primary breadwinner, even if you're not the primary breadwinner, if, you, if you're a single person and you haven't got anybody else to fall back on, disability insurance, I think is really, really important. Other than that, you know, all these other insurances, they just, it's just noise. I mean, probably, probably the, the one insurance product that just drives me crazy, scratch and dent for your car. You know, no, nobody's benefiting from that more than the insurance companies. If you actually work out and figure out what it takes to take your car to the panel beater every couple of years and go, go and get something sorted out, you're really gonna pay a lot less than paying those scratch and dent insurances. So I think it's, it's to remember that a lot of insurance products have been created by insurance companies to sell a product, right? And so you really need to think deeply about whether you need something in relation to your specific situation in life. But ultimately, having an insurance policy or having insurance products is about protection. So, you know, don't take things out unless you absolutely feel you need protection. You are not buying it as an investment, it's a protection cover. That's basically all it is, you know? Something else I would add to the list as well, if you cannot afford life insurance, is something as basic as funeral covers. So, it's not an expensive insurance, and what happens is when you die, your assets get frozen, right? And that includes your bank accounts. Now, if you've got dependents that are dependent on you, obviously, well, number one, they are already grieving, right? Because, well, you just died. The second thing is now all of a sudden they need money to pay for an insurance. And that is something where funeral insurance helps out a lot because it helps with that stress, you know? I mean, now all of a sudden you can pay someone to actually take care of all the arrangements for you while you are actually grieving already. Well, that was going to be my final point that I wanted to talk about. And that was about self-insuring. And I think this is something that people don't do enough. There is one area that I truly believe people need to self-insure, and that is having an emergency fund. Every single individual, every single household should have an emergency fund, and that is a form of insurance. Just because that insurance is not purchased through an insurance company doesn't mean it's not an insurance. You need that insurance, and COVID has proven just how close to the line a lot of people have been you know, really skirting. Uh, we've always been told you need to have three to six months income saved up in an emergency fund. And it's only until COVID hit that people really started to realize that that information, that advice that we've been given for generations is absolutely correct. So the final insurance I think that everybody needs is an emergency fund.
Yes, I think that is not only great as an insurance, but just for personal finance in general, you cannot go without an emergency fund because, well, the bad times always comes and there's always times where certain expenses pop up that you just didn't account for at all. And that's where the emergency fund obviously comes in. So there you have it. Insurance is obviously something we don't like paying. However, certain kinds of insurance you just absolutely cannot go without because it can ruin you financially. Hopefully, you learned some valuable lessons in this episode of the Money Podcast. And we hope that you will take action and take out the insurance that you don't have at the moment. You've been listening to The Money Podcast. To get access to our future episodes, please subscribe to our podcast via your podcast app. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Global Money Academy.